What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. It's been a while, and yes. we're back with some more uh, classic rock talk. Um, three new albums, two new bands. We've got mm-hmm. one repeat. We'll save in that one for last, though, as we are starting in 1975. Pretty normal for us by now. We'd normally start in around the 70s sometime. Yep. Excuse me. And today, we're going with... Uh, Crack the Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the band name and the uh, the uh, yep, album s- title. Their self-titled debut. Yep. Um, I believe they were based somewhere... I think it was like Washington is where they were from. Uh, yeah, they're American. I know that much for sure. Um, or not Washington. I meant Maryland. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have uh, Life Song as their label. Don't know too much about Life Song. Um, really anything at all, actually. <laughs> yeah, this band, I read a little bit about them, and they never really achieved very much success outside of where they came from. So they're honestly, they're kind of more like, more like Nantucket. In a sense, they kind of, where they are is kind of where they're popular. And that's kind of... And that's really it. it. It's a similar situation on uh, Spotify, too, when it comes to monthly listeners. We're sitting at around like 5,000 for these guys. Yep. Uh, so similar situation there. Although I, uh, we'll get into the tracks here and I'll, I guess we can, you know, similar situations. We could probably compare the two. Wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into the band members here. We have uh, John Palumbo, uh, lead vocalist. He's here keyboards and he's uh, guitar. Rick, Witkow- Rick Witkowski, lead guitar and percussion. Um Joe Macker, bass guitar. Jim Griffiths, another guy that did lead guitar. And then Joey D'Amico uh, was your percussionist. So yep. some interchangeable stuff here. Both Rick and Jim uh, Griffiths, they did uh, lead guitar duties. And then uh, Rick and uh, Joey D'Amico both did some percussion duty. So mm-hmm. some mix up there, and that's nice to see. As always, normally with smaller bands like this, it's kind of one of one-man job per per instrument, but it's nice to see him getting mixed up. Joe Macker, your bass guy here. Yep. And uh, we'll get into the track listing here. We won't waste too much time. Uh, so, I actually don't know. Is this just a one... Uh, Where's the side splits here? It's uh, She's a Dancer is the last on the A side. Go ahead. Go okay, ahead. so yeah, on the A side we got Hold On, Surf City, Sea Epic, and She's a Dancer. Which is pretty solid lineup i think i mean i think so too this album surprised me it really did um, because it's one of those things where it's you know it's another one of those bands i've never heard of so it's going to be like a toss-up as to whether it's going to be good and i actually really liked it. i like Sur- uh, surf city and she's a dancer a lot mm-hmm. two songs very the exact same length and i uh, yeah, like them enough. just as much yeah I really like that. That for as far as A side goes, definitely my two favorite tracks are Surf City and She's a Dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have B for B side. We have Robots for Ronnie, Ice, Mind Baby, I Don't Have a Tie, and Sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, this version of Sleep that I'm looking at on the original album is a yeah, different it's... one than the ones on Spotify. Spotify one's shorter, so I'm not entirely sure what I'm missing. When I'm listening to it on Spotify, but as you said to me earlier, Spotify generally 
just does like the deluxe edition. Yeah, Spotify is weird with how they like. It's the same thing with how they did. It's always going to be sweet that we come back to mm-hmm. with Desolation Boulevard. It's I don't necessarily know why they do it. It's just like a, it's I don't know. It's, it's just something they do. It's stupid to me personally. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I'm more of an original recording kind yeah, of guy, yeah. so I think that's why it bothers me a little bit. I I feel like a lot of people would be like, why would you want? I, why would I listen to an album for it to be for it to have three like two of the songs that are different? Three of the songs are longer. There's three songs that are on there that aren't even on the original album. It's like mm-hmm. what? I, that's not. This isn't the Which, feel it, that I'm supposed to be getting. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me so much, I guess, if they would release the original version because I know mm-hmm. it's really annoying when I, um, I listen to a whole album and I get the end and it starts playing this random track that I had no idea was supposed to be on the album. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's weird to me. I just, I wish they'd put the original master in it. But that, this has nothing to do with Crack the Sky, I guess. Yes, this is just a little rant, because Spotify's a bit weird. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I do like the B-side. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, it's gonna sound weird, but I mixed this B-side up with a a B-side in a completely different album, because I don't just, I know it's crazy to think about, but I don't just listen to these three albums over and over again during my week mm-hmm. when we get up to this. And so I kind of don't remember this B-side as much as the A-side is fresh in my mind. Yeah, I like, I really liked the B-side. I think I like the B-side more than the A-side. Really? But Yeah. Okay. Which, one thing that really is weird here is they list Crack the Sky as progressive rock. They do. I noticed that. And I, I don't quite know what I would describe them as, as but I, they're a very light progressive rock. This is... what From the progressive rock that we've introduced you to, like previously in this it's, series... It's a it's, far cry. It's different from that a lot. I think the closest thing I can relate to here is Rush. And that's simply because Rush... This sounds like more of a commercialized... Progressive rock like Rush's. Yeah. Okay. Where it's yeah. more, it's a more smooth listen. You know, they incorporate a lot of crazy sounds, but um, you know they um, they we're kind, kind of, of distracted a little. There's a cat that's climbing into places she's not supposed to be. It's it's not like your Emerson Lake and Palmer or your King Crimson or your you know it's different. It's a it is very different. It's something that the casual person is going to hear and you're going to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. And not kind of be it's, like, that's weird. It's it's listenable to yeah. the casual person. That's a new word. Just invented it. Bam. On the spot. Listenable. Ooh, new phrase. Um, yes, I completely agree. Very, it is a very commercialized prog rock, as they put it here. Um, Which I don't mean commercialized in a bad way. No. Because, I mean, yeah. it's just, the way I use commercialized is more of like a, it's more it appeals to a greater audience, basically. Yes, it's it's easier to get into. It's not for your your regular rock listeners. It can be kind of latched onto by anybody. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's what this that is the very very good description of this album. Definitely mm-hmm. the vibe that it gives off. And overall, I really I, I found myself enjoying this album. And also, uh, one thing I want to point out is 
the album cover and their logo yes. is fucking sick. I'm not recording this one, but if you get the chance, you've got to. I love to. how you've got to the see A it. slants into the the, which then the sky, the Y in sky becomes a lightning bolt. It's it's crazy. You, it's you so just gotta look cool. for it. You gotta look at it for yourself. And it's then the, so cool. I really like the. Uh, the artwork does kind of remind me of more progressive rock out. Yes, I'll yes. admit that with like the weird, whatever this is, kind in of the mysterious yeah. background going on. And I really yeah. like the purple. The, the colors are. I'm I'm colorblind, but I'm feeling the vibe. Oh, the of colors this, are of these colors. I'm digging the colors. They're crazy. Looking. That pink with that purple on top. Yeah, that I looks think that's good. Purple. I'm assuming that's purple, but it doesn't look purple to me. But I won't go. I won't explain. <laughs> I won't go into detail. Yeah, um, it's it, it looks really cool. Yeah. It definitely it's an eye catcher. For sure. This one jumps off the shelf. Um but that's I think that's it. I think that's gonna do it for uh, Crack the Sky. Um man, this one's gonna be pretty up there on this on my thirty, because I, I don't know, I felt I felt like I liked it. And I fucking I didn't I don't even have that great of a memory of the B side, so I might like it even more. Cause mm-hmm. as you said, you you like the B side. Yeah, I really like the B side. No, no B side blues here. We Not to cl- set the A side down, but yeah, yeah. Because su- I think Surf City might be my favorite track. It's really catchy. Mm-hmm. It's really catchy. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna do it for seventy five. Let's move forward. At, well, this is gonna be just a few months here. We're on to April of nineteen seventy six is the release date for this one. I guess like we can tease you a little bit again because uh, we're not recording. We're not. We're not screen recording. Um, it's uh, and then uh, another debut album. It's an Atlantic label. Uh, it's kind of all I can tease you with. It's another self-titled. It is another self-titled debut album. Um, this is Firefall. Yep. Um, let me check. Let me go on Spotify here. What, what monthly listeners are we at here? 400,000. So definitely more well-known. Yeah, Firefall's... They're in a weird spot. They are. Honestly, they're... <laughs> a little bit. They're not. So, if you mention Firefall to someone, I guarantee you they're not gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I love that." It's gonna be more of like a who. Yeah, it's not the four. It's a. It's a. I would not guess four hundred thousand. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I know they're four hundred thousand is a little higher than I thought it would be. They're pretty. I'm kind of surprised. Um, I'm gonna be honest, but we'll get into it here. Um, it says before we get into it here, we've got a little brief summary here. It says um. The major hit single from this album is You Are the Woman, mm-hmm. which reached number nine on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, two other tracks that received minor success are Livin' Ain't Livin' at 42 and Cinderella at 34. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to pick my three favorite songs, it's probably You Are the Woman, Livin' Ain't Livin', and Cinderella. So, I was going to say, I really like... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, we just go ahead and list, list the tracks. Yeah, let's list It doesn't tracks. matter... Uh, Love Isn't All, Living Ain't Living, No Way Out, Dolphins Lullaby, Cinderella, Saddle Love Song, You Are the Woman, Mexico, Do you do What You Want. Uh, A-Side cuts off at Dolphin. Yeah. It, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. My bad. One, there's ten tracks. One through five is A-Side, so Dolphins Lullaby is on A, and then Cinderella kicks off the B-Side. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like Living Ain't Living. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a really good one. That's a very good one. And, um... Uh, I yeah, because really it's like, it's about um, it's living ain't living alone is really yeah what the main chorus is. Um, it's like I, I'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Cinderella, another I, I, like Cinderella I really too. like Cinderella. 
Um, another these, these "Living Ain't Living" and "Cinderella" are very catchy, just like um, the one the song on Crack of Sky was what was Surf City. Yeah, yeah, very very catchy um, as well. I also like "Dolphins Lullaby" too. Me too. I really like that one. To two, we've covered two albums now that have a uh, dolphin, dolphin in the title, and the other one was a uh, Man Friend Man's Earth Band. Oh yeah. Uh, and both of the songs have been great. Yes, not gonna lie. <laughs> I guess dolphins are the yeah the way to go. Yeah, if you want a hit song, put dolphin in the title. Um, but yeah, this is uh this is I've, I've we've struggled to kind of enjoy the rest of the album though, and yeah, I think it. You, we were talking about it earlier, and I'll kind of let you get into it more. But we don't like the kind of soft feel that we get yeah, from this album. I think this album has a really soft approach to it, which um, I guess if that's your thing, it's this is definitely an album for you. Uh, I just think that it's a little bit too soft for me personally. Um, it kind of honestly reminds me of like how I felt about Kensington Market. Mm, okay. I kind of felt a similar way about that, where it was just kind of like, it was too, like, it was kind of too poppy for my taste. Which, I mean, this isn't really poppy, but it's just, it's it's a really soft feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, it's really present throughout the whole song, and it or the whole album. And I think that has something to do with the way the album's structured, and like mm. the storytelling that they do. Yeah. Uh, because from all the way from track one, uh, it doesn't matter, and then f- to track ten, do what you want. Which, by the way, I think it doesn't matter has uh, do what you want in its lyrics, and I think do what you want has it doesn't matter in its lyrics. That's pretty funny. I think I I know for sure that it doesn't matter has do what you want. I don't know if it's the other way around. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, kind of reminds me what they did with. Uh, the wall a little bit where it's like is this where we came in Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah throughout the whole track uh throughout the whole album it feels like from track to track they're you're telling individual stories and they kind of weed together into a big story yeah Um, it kind of reminds me like a loose storytelling of don't look back yes like it's it's tell something but it's very loose it feels like interpretation yeah it, it, it kind of the moral of the story I felt like was this guy there's living living kind of carefree um, love necessarily isn't everything that too that like you shouldn't worry about love you know at all like specifically but you sh- also should not not worry about it mm-hmm. um, it's definitely important you need it you can't live without it but you don't it's, you shouldn't center your life around it yeah and there are certain there are certain songs like that it just weaves it, the story weaves its way throughout all the tracks and that is something i think this album does well i agree i was just about to say i think that's one thing that this album does really really good is Very subtly good. weaving the story mm-hmm. all the way through the songs mm-hmm. but like it's it's not glaring at you, but it's mm-hmm. also you understand what's happening. Yeah. It's really, it's they did a very good job of that. I will say that is definitely one of the shining points. Um, as far as personnel goes, we have Mark Andes on bass, Jock, uh, Jock Bartley on lead guitar, Larry Burnett on electric guitar and rhythm guitars, 
Michael Clark, your um, percussionist, and then Rick Roberts on acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm. And he was your vocalist. Yeah. Um, I do have to say, I found the harmonies were pretty good in this album, too. Yeah. The harmonies were very good. Reminiscent, was... reminiscent of early Eagles. Yeah, harmonies. I agree. Very, uh, I like the harmonies. Um, really, really good uh, there uh, for all these And I think that's well. one thing these softer rock bands do very well is harmony-wise. Yeah. Like, you know, I talked about your 10cc, like the early Eagles. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think they all do a really good job incorporating those yeah. harmonies in there. Yeah, they didn't, it felt like solid, really solid. It kind of gave me, like, Desperado vibes when mm-hmm. I was listening to it. So, really, yeah. really cool. They did a good job there. So, we're not, you know, that the album's not all terrible. And also, the album cover again for this again. one is pretty yes, fire. dude. The fucking asteroid coming down from Earth to Earth. Yes. And with the reflection in the water is so cool. I'm gonna. I, there's so many cover arts. Like when I, when I get my own place, dude, I'm gonna have so many cover arts. I want to just have a room full of covers, just framed on the wall. Just like my Animal Crossing house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Animal Crossing Five Star Village. Um. But yeah, that is Firefall by Firefall, another yes. self-titled debut album. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it. Go check them out. But this time, we're not doing a self-titled debut album. It's not self-titled. It's not their debut. We have Anthem as a label. It's released in 1985. Very popular band. You might be able to guess this one. Just think of 1985. An big band. Anthem label. Um, if I gave you the producer, you might even you you probably might know that too. Peter Collins. If you know who Peter Collins is, then you've already got it. You've you've snapped it up. Uh, this is Power Windows by Rush. By Rush. So now we're we're back to the big boys now. I don't think Rush really needs any introduction. No. Honestly, I think we all know who the three guys are behind this. No. We, they don't need an introduction. So I say we uh, we get into the tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Big Money, Grand Designs, Manhattan Project, and Marathon on side one. Really like side one. It's got a lot of blue there. That means there's all those are all singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, in particular, I really like Manhattan Project. Um, oh, yeah. That's got to be my favorite. That's probably my um, favorite song on the album. Whoops. I'm going to see. I'm going to make sure the, the, um, the Spotify version is the same. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm making, just making sure I'm getting everything here. Um, didn't miss anything. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this is a great album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a great one. It's uh, it's not your first Rush album that you're gonna think of when somebody says the word Rush. No, and actually, this really this album really surprised me because I listened to. Uh, I remember you telling me you were very demotivated. To I believe to... they had an album before that. I believe Grace Under Pressure was the album before this one, and uh, I listened to it. and I wasn't very impressed, and. It's not that the musicianship wasn't great and that it was just horrible. It's just with, I think this is the period right after Signals is when Rush really went synth heavy. And I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather hear Getty Lee's tearing it up on, Getty Lee tearing it up on the bass then, than yeah. him playing mostly synth and then tearing it up on the bass. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, but this was a lot different. Yeah, it, it is a different listen. I do like that actually. Excuse me. Yeah, very different listen. I'm um, 
I listened to uh, 2112 mm-hmm. for the first time, and then I listened to A Farewell to Kings. Yep. And then uh, one more. I listened to one more. I can't exactly. I, can't, I don't remember. It was the one. Uh, no, not Hemispheres. The one. Uh, the one after that, I think. Oh, Permanent Waves. Permanent Waves, yep. I remember you talking about, yep. talking about that. I uh, listened to a lot of 70s Russian. Well, I don't think this quite lives up to what the... Especially Permanent Waves. I really like that one. Um, I don't think it quite lives up to that. How do you feel? Do you think this is better, worse? So, there's actually a story behind the whole reason Rush went really commercial like this. And I'll sum it up. Um, basically in like when they were releasing a farewell to Kings and hemispheres, they were making music so musically complex for them that they got exhausted doing it. Like they just got so tired of doing it. And so when permanent waves came around, they were like, well, we're going to take a step back and we're going to simplify stuff but make it sound good still. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the theme for Rush in the 80s was it wasn't necessarily progressive rock in the sense that we had become Rush, like Rush had become known in the 70s for. It was more of a progressive rock, kind of like Firefall, honestly, where it was kind of just more of a simple or easy to listen to with complex lyrics from Neil Peart. And... You can kind of, if you want to kind of hear what he's talking about, listen to um, Hemispheres. Yeah, listen to like A Farewell to Kings and then Hemispheres and then listen to... Permanent Waves. Permanent Waves and then like uh, the other one we already covered, Moving Pictures. Yeah, Moving Pictures. And there's a massive tone shift. You can feel it right away. You feel it right away. Um, You can tell instantly. Um, And that's why... um, that's why it's interesting to see the two sides mm-hmm. of Rush and yeah. how a band can be two completely different bands if they, Which, if they need to. Despite my... My take is considered hot a hot take, I've been told. Because apparently Rush fans eat this shit up. Like, Rush fans absolutely love 80s Rush. And I'm like, that's cool. That's to your taste, I guess. It's not mine personally, but... You know, I they just absolutely love the stuff, and it's just like okay. You so you prefer the I def- older stuff. I definitely prefer seventies Rush. Okay, but this album did change my opinion a little bit on eighties Rush. I'll admit after, that. especially after listening to I'll, after listening Rush. to the whole thing through. Yeah, it definitely okay changed it because, like I said, I listened to Grace Under Pressure. And I was kind of like, I really don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Uh, I haven't listened to Grace Under Pressure yet, um, and you kind of make me don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I but, think it's I think it's worth a listen. Well, but, any Rush album is worth a listen, but but yeah, yeah. This uh, this this album doesn't doesn't. I'm gonna be honest, it doesn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I guess we should probably list side two. Oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Territories, Middletown Dreams, Emotion Detector, and Mystic Rhythms. The only one I'm not super. I still don't know how I feel about his Mystic Rhythms. I was going to say, I, I feel... It was a weirder song. It's very weird. I feel a little bit of B-Side Blues here at the very end. I really like Territories. I don't know how I feel about Emotion Detector 
either. I like Territories, Middletown Dreams. Emotion Detector was pretty good. And then Mystic Rhythms just kind of caught me off guard, and I thought it was kind of a weird mm-hmm. ending track, I guess. Sometimes, man, these bands get right down to the end, and they do something weird. Right right at the last second, they pull something weird out. Yeah. And make that their final their final their song. Their final hurrah. I felt that with a, with a lot of albums so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this one in particular is kind of like, huh? Um, so kind of like a tiny bit, but yeah. it's a Rush album. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so we won't, uh, I feel like there's not, we don't need to like linger on this. Like you were saying, any Rush album is worth a listen. Yeah. Honestly. You've got to listen to it. Um, Whether or not you like it or not is up to you personally. Yeah. But, you know, you can sit here and listen to us and take our word for it, but that's no fun. Yeah. I mean. you got to listen to it yourself. Um, so go do that. Um, but that's gonna do that's Power Windows. This is the cover art here. You Another really that. cool cover out. Great, great cover arts. Uh, those old ass TVs with mm-hmm. the lightning storm outside. Yeah, I don't know what they were. Dude, these these artists in the seventies and eighties. I also doing. really like the name Power Hitting. Windows, though. Dude, Rush has a bunch of great album titles. Yeah, a bunch of them. Like I actually, despite my opinions on the album. I love the phrase grace under pressure. Yes. Grace yes. under pressure is such a cool phrase to me so because cool. I actually think I sometimes do work better under that motto. Like with my schoolwork in particular, I'm a massive procrastinator. So when it comes to the deadline coming up. <laughs> yeah. But it but you feel you it doesn't bother it doesn't no. bother you. In fact I work better. You work better, right. Yeah. But yeah, well, we've already said, just think about the, you know, the titles we've named so far, Power Windows, Grace Under Pressure, and the one we did uh, earlier, in, or I guess last year by now, Moving Pictures. Caress that's of Steel cool. Caress cool of one. Steel, that one's good. Fly By Night, that's not bad either. A Farewell to Kings, Hemispheres. Also going with their other ones, I like really like a Test for Echo. Yeah, that's and, a good uh, one too. Yeah, it's... They got a lot of them, but yeah. A lot, a lot of creative of, names. A lot, a lot of very mountain covers. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, but that's going to do it for this for uh, Power Windows by Rush. Yeah. Um, and that's going to do it for today. That's three more albums. I don't know how many we've done. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do. Uh, but hopefully we're getting closer to what's going to be the next uh 30. I feel like we're kind of close. I, I don't really know. I don't really know. We're on like episode. You know what? I got it right in front of me. This is the Godman worst produced podcast in the world. <laughs> don't even know what episode I'm on. We like feel, to keep we've things, done like 10, right? We like to keep things extremely professional here. Oh, no, we've not. We're on 16, episode 16, which means we've probably done like 15. Uh, well, number 11 would have been 30. So, three, six, nine, twelve. So that's fifteen. We're halfway there. We're halfway there for you guys. But that's gonna do it for us today. That is crack the sky, firefall, and power windows. Yes. Go listen. Go enjoy. And I think we're gonna see you guys next time. Bye bye. See you later.